Apocalypse Radio. This is me hitting the record button for the first time. As I was saying, I've, <laughs> I've, I've remembered to do this. I got too, too hot up. So what I was saying is like getting into Tyson Andronicus, you know, the, the band, very into it. I, I, I'm a real airing of grievances monitor type of guy, a real freshman, sophomore. Maybe, I, maybe I, I've listened to the one, the business time, whatever I forget what it's called, local business. But anyway, the point is, I realize, I know people sometimes will think things to themselves in their heads and they hear in a certain voice. And when I, when I am feeling good and I think to myself that I'm happy, I have this weird, um, like the, um, the, the go-to voice in my head, for instance, or like the clip, or, for lack of a better word, that plays in my head is uh, the, the ending of No Future Part 2 where he is quoting um, Camus the Stranger. And I'm like, huh, I didn't realize that was my default uh, version of me thinking that, realizing that I'm happy, that I'd been happy, and that I was happy still. And I was like, huh, <laughs> kind of unlocked a part of my brain, perhaps, that I forgot that that was, that was from. But anyway, um, this is the show. I, uh, we've got, you know, we've got, we've got game developers, I suppose you would call them. We've general artists. I feel like game developer, I feel like we need a better word. Maybe, maybe we just use artist and just leave it at that. And then you just understand when you call someone an artist that, Ooh, wait a minute. I just realized I need to edit this, the new cover to this cycle. Ooh. Um, anyway, you may know this first guest from Indiepocalypse, number 12, <laughs> so very long ago <laughs> at this point. It's Eve. Eve, how are you doing today? Hello, I am doing very well. I was really excited when you started talking about Pythagoras, because I was like, ooh, a bit of Shakespeare yeah. on the pod today. Uh, <laughs> but I have never listened to the band. They do quote Shakes. They do quote Titus Andronicus in their first album, I believe. Is oh, Titus Andronicus? Andronicus is. Are they the ones where they? Um, there's there's a, a soliloquy. I assume a soliloquy. Or yeah, where, I'm sure there's one in there where he's talking about. Um, I have done a thousand dreadful things as willing as as willing as willingly as one would kill a fly. It pains me heartily indeed that I cannot do 10,000 more. Is that Tyson Dronicus? Uh I mean, I could say yeah, and then people might come in come in on the chat and be yeah. like, fake Shakespeare fan. Oh my uh, god, the, uh, that's, that's Henry VIII. Uh, <laughs> the only time I ever saw Tyson Dronicus was like six years ago, and it was like a low-key, quite terrible production of it that for some reason was like, let's do this great Shakespeare play, but like do it about like the Trump presidency. It Ugh. was a lot. It was not. It was not great. RSC, if you're listening, don't do that again. <laughs> I'm gonna say maybe you. Maybe it was the play because it feels it feels like a line that someone would latch onto, and it would be like, yeah. Mm. He's talking about how he does a bunch of terrible things, like burned down farmers' crops and made them wet them with their tears. <laughs> yeah, sounds. Titanicus is like the Shakespeare play that is really, really horrible and grim, and everyone loves it because it's like the It's like the most. It's like the bloodiest warning ever. And, and whenever I um, whenever I hear that, and whenever I kind of, I, perhaps Shakespeare in general, I'm reminded, oh, 
this is probably there's a reason this guy survived like thousand years not thousands hundreds and hundreds of years because these lines slap <laughs> they go hard oh they slap it's a mixture of like it's it's funny because i so a bit of a digression but the best yeah. lecture i ever went to in all of my university was um Do- dr aninja chowdhury if you're listening you did the best lecture i ever had in all my years of university and it was on shakespeare and colonialism and basically it was about how um it, we've been told for so many years that Shakespeare is the greatest writer who ever lived, never will live. But it's just like almost taken as a given. And so it's like, it was very lucky that he is actually great. But right. a lot of it is like, like basically there was, it was like a officially decided essentially, okay, we're going to, we're going to tell everyone that Shakespeare is the greatest writer ever. And that kind of, cause, cause he's, so we can say that Britain produced the greatest writing ever. Anyway, it's very interesting. Right. And then, yeah, could, imagine, just imagine if they picked somebody else and they just like, would they survive as long? Would they just have that like built in legacy? And then we just have. Well, on the same course, I read a, a Ben Johnson's The Alchemist, which is the only Ben Johnson I've ever read. And that is terrible. I mean, that, I mean, a hot take, I suppose. But Ben Johnson's The Alchemist is unintelligible and awful and very unfunny. Um hot hot renaissance theater takes on this on this episode of indie apocalypse radio yes listen we have to take it somewhere like if we can, where else are you going to get these out you know i know well yeah what what if you know do you have any how many other hot takes do you have about classical literature what are, what are your feelings on our good friend miguel de cervantes oh i've never heard of that <laughs> That's he's, that's Don Quixote, correct? Right? Uh, yes. Oh, I I never did Don Quixote. I think Don Quixote. I mean, this is probably I'm going to have a thousand people screaming at me in their minds. Um, but Don Quixote, I feel like he's more widely taught in like American English okay. literature, like because we never even talked about Don Quixote. Like, we didn't. It didn't ever come up. I. Uh, I ambitiously bought one. I ambitiously bought like the the borders like or like the penguin house just mm. like generic Don Quixote in high school, I think. <laughs> and that book's like eight hundred pages long or something. Yeah, I recently started trying to read Ulysses for the I think third time. And as always I get like one chapter in and I'm like, love this. It's so good and I can't read anymore. <laughs> Might might I recommend perhaps trying um, friend of the show Edward Atkins um, game? Uh, what is the exact title? The exact title is something like you type out all of Ulysses. That's it. That's the game. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds like a good way to read Ulysses. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you. I feel like you really get into the text and understand it fully when you have to <laughs> type it all out. Yeah. Like, like you, you type, you physically typing every letter. Yeah. But you have uh, to like either, uh, you have to like stand like 10 feet from your computer to simulate James Joyce's vision. <laughs> uh, I, um, I've been trying to get through House of Leaves recently, which is my sort of reading project at the moment. And yeah. like House of Leaves, here's a hot take. House of Leaves is a video game. I, you funny to say that I'd made a House of Leaves video game. Did you? Yes, it's not very good, but <laughs> but I made it. But I made it a month when I was very st- 
it's very first starting out and it's based on like that um like his first um foray into the house if you will yeah 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 I, what was it called like expiration b or something yes it, it's like it's yeah it's expiration the one with the dogs in it and it was like oh the ver- dog the dog goes in and he goes in after the dog no they like he hears dogs in it or- oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And, like, the idea was it was just, like, it was a huge um, room or something. Like, it was a large room and you had a flashlight, so you couldn't see everything. Mm. But um, it it would just kind of warp you around to different parts of the room randomly to kind of, basically, I was using a very small space and limited vision to the fact that you couldn't find the walls. So that mm-hmm. they try and disorient you by just kind of warping you around this space that was wide open that you couldn't find the walls until you could sort of. And I think the idea. I think also once you saw a wall, like once a wall was within your light flashlight vision, then you wouldn't warp anymore because mm-hmm. you would like found your your positioning. But mm-hmm. anyway, that was my House of Leaves video game. That's. I mean, House of Leaves is like. I mean, it's that, li- I mean, literally what I wrote my dissertation on, but it's that idea of the labyrinth, isn't it? Like this impossible yeah. labyrinth. There's been a thing in video games ever since, you know, you had twisty little passages in uh, Adventure. I think, I I mean, labyrinths are just so cool to me because I think it's just such a perfect emblem of the human need to like see a place yeah. you could like, a thing you could do, like a walk and be like, what if we made this a lot harder for ourselves? Yes. What if we just made this difficult? Which is, you know, the the joy of video games. What if right. we made? What, what if we gave ourselves a task that's completely pointless, but we just like it? But we can. But a task we can find like solutions for, or like we can find techniques. You go, oh well, if you hold these, mm. if you stay, you keep your hand on the left side of the wall. You'll always escape the labyrinth or something. Mm. I've um, I've been playing Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild finally, yeah. uh, like finally seeing us play it and. I think, like, the, the... Do you remember, like, the big labyrinth? Like, I think there's two of them in that game. Oh, me? It, it's, I... like, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, wow, I'm really bad at video games. Okay. Like, t- god awful. Like, I I feel like there's there's a play pattern that video games should have. Like, like a labyrinth is a great example. Yeah. You go into a labyrinth, you wander around for, like, a little bit, and then you start to find the way, and you follow the way, and you get the thing. I go in wander around never find anything or find any solution literally never like i can i can hit the same wall 20 times without realizing it's the same wall well you see that's why you just need to take it icarus style and just get some wings you solve that problem <laughs> oh i did that i did that and then like, it still doesn't work they thought of everything yeah yeah and no, i had a weird relationship with that game where i think i only beat one of the actual dungeons like the you know how like those four dungeons you need to beat or you should beat? Oh yeah, the, the the divine beast. Yes, I think I ended up beating one of them and then beating Ganon. Like I just kind of wandered around aimlessly and kind of did things my own way. Yeah, I I mean it it's it feels very I feels very pathetic in an age where people were like oh like I just finished my like well playthrough of Bloodborne I've got to this boss in Elden Ring to be like I am stuck in Breath of the Wild but I am <laughs> and I'm gonna own it. Um, uh, like I have, I have reached the point in the game where I only have one divine beast left. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I will do them all because I got to unlock all the cutscenes. And I'm at that point. You know when you're in a video game and you sort of you've done all the. It's like a big game and you've done yeah. all the stuff that 
you can do really so you're just kind of desperately poking around looking for stuff that is easy enough that you can actually do it and trying to avoid doing the hard stuff i'm doing that yeah yeah right so you just kind of like right you're finishing off the little bits and bobs around the world mm. before you have to like eat your full meal Yes, I'm, 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 I'm saving, saving the peas to last. The peas being this giant camel. Yeah. Um. Oh. <laughs> oh I, but I, I, I'm loving it. It's yeah, really good. I sometimes approach that as the inverse, where it's like uh, I'm saving the best, the best part of my meal for last. I'm eating like the the fries off to the side, and I'm oh, eating. in real life, I do do that. In oh. real life, I do do that. <laughs> Do you, how often do you come across a situation where you're not quite sure, like you're you're, deci- you're you're deciding during the meal which part is actually the best part? Like, say you're getting it from a restaurant, you're like, I don't or know. Or you, you have the regret yeah. where you save what you think is going to be the best bit to last, then you get you're like, this, one. you know, yeah. I. And then you've got to take temperature things into account. Like if I'm having a burger and fries, the fries will cool down faster. Right. Even though I kind of prefer the fries after the burger. Yeah. Right, yeah. because yes, it's 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 a it's a quick bit <laughs> of like <coughs> culinary math. Oh no. Yeah. I um uh, <laughs> sorry, something came up wrong. <laughs> Don't worry. But I'm good now. I was just wondering if you can hear the grinding of my water bottle top, which has sand in it, which is why it sounds like a... Okay, good. (laughs) I should not told you. But everything in my life has sand in it now. You should should probably do something about that. (laughs) No, no. That's too much sand. (laughs) I, I would opt to have, like, zero things that have sand in them. Besides, like, I don't know. A sand pit. Yeah, a sandbag. Like that, you should have sands in there. Yeah. Kind of, kind of. What? What else has sand in it? Huh. Huh. I just had a a very strange. <laughs> um, that unlocked a very strange memory all of a sudden. I don't know why. Uh, Do you, would you like to share? Yeah. Um. So I was thinking sand, but uh, so I thought sand. Um. Sand castle, sand pit, and I was like, I remember when I was digging as a child, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, I recently saw on Twitter talking about guys digging holes, and I'm like, people need to understand that there's a beauty, there's a there's a raw pleasure just digging into the earth. Oh, I hundred percent agree, hundred percent agree. Always just do it on the beach. Listen, those dudes digging tunnels are. <laughs> oh, is this from that Reddit thread of the guy digging the tunnel? Like, I think so. That I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Reddit, saw that and I nodded agree. Like, yeah, why wouldn't you want to dig big holes in the ground? <laughs> it's it's one of our pure pleasures in life. Um, but I was digging, um, as you would as a child through the ground, because you just have like you don't. You know, it's the beauty of not having a fully manicured yard, you know. <laughs> yes. If you're, when you're a kid, you just dig shit because your parents are like, "Oh no, don't ruin our lawn." <laughs> And plus, like, you know, if you get better nature that way, you know, when stuff just grows mm. naturally. Mm, gotta gotta be, be the earthworm. Yes, right. Anyway, I dug up and we found a collar. Um, oh. 
like a pet collar or something, and it was, or it was like a leash or something to that extent. And I thought, oh, that's really weird. And now I'm realizing now that that was probably a dog grave <laughs> that we had dug up. Uh, but there was nothing amazing. else in there, so it's probably very old. Mm. Or it could have just <laughs> been something buried a collar, but I, that, that thought just crossed my mind. I've been um, enjoying collecting animal bones, actually, whenever I go walking, because there's so many of them all around. Yes, this sounds yeah. familiar. I feel like we've... Yeah, oh yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never shut up about my bone collecting. Yes, she's, she's always talking about her bones all the time. <laughs> I walk into your house and I ask, what kind of bone is that? And you go, hmm, I'm not sure. <laughs> Found it on the beach. That's the great thing about living with a vet, is if I find a bone, I'll be like, Emily, what animal does this belong to? And she'll be like, probably a rabbit. Yeah. It seems like the most likely to have its bones lying around, you know? Yeah, you, it's, it's either it's either rabbits or sheep where I live. Occasionally a seal, if you're very lucky. Oh, that, that, that would be very lucky. Mm. I, there yeah. was, um, when, when we just moved here, uh, like, when Emily was moving in, she went to Ernest Beach and there was a giant whale spine uh, on the sand. So when I moved, she took me to see it and I have a little picture of me lying next to the whale spine and it is like three times as long as me. <laughs> it's good. Oh, I, I live relatively nearby a whaling museum. I mean, I, wow. Well, because, you know, New England area um, was a big whaling, back when whaling was a thing, you know. <laughs> it was a big, it was a big, there were big, you know, there were towns based on whaling industries. I mean, that's the cool thing about living in like, I don't know, old towns and things like that, is that you see like the vestiges of industries past. Mm-hmm. And be like all these stuff that, all these old textile mills that are now like shopping outlets or hotels or like they're turning them into apartments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were, we were driving back when we were driving back from the um, the Godspeed Black Emperor show a couple of weeks ago. Oh, a friend nice. of mine. I I don't know if they make it over to your neck of the woods, but if they do, <laughs> they might make it. If they made it, even if they made it to Scotland, it would still be six hours away from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, I highly recommend. <laughs> Speaking of bones, like it, that is music that you feel feel in your bones, like at live shows. Mm. It's like, yeah, I talked about this last week, but it's a, I think it's a, mm. it's a fundamental, like different show when it's live. I've been to a lot of concerts where it's like, ah, oh, this is perfectly fine, mm. but there's, I guess, unless your house has like giant speakers like giant out of control master speakers that thump all this building cacophony and inject mm. it straight into your body. But <laughs> if that's not the case, if you don't have that sound set up, you just got to, you've got to see them mm. live. I am. Um, I'm going to my first gig since COVID in September. I'm going to see a hundred Gex and I am very excited. Oh uh, yeah. Wait, where are a hundred Gex from? Oh, well, uh, they're, they're Canadian, actually. I was going okay. to default say American, but they're Canadian. But it's in Glasgow. Yeah. So. I was which, like. Yeah. No. 100 Gex is coming to the Outer Hebrides. They're going to do a little show on North Hewitt. 
And it's going to be great. Listen, who knows? Maybe how 100 Gex could have been born out of Edinburgh Fringe for all I know. You know? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm seeing 100 Gex. And then like a like the next day, I'm seeing Bright Eyes, which is like, I booked the two gigs like two years ago. Like right. well, two years ago and, t- and separately, like a year between them. But because of COVID, they just have to be rescheduled one day after another, which is good. So they don't need to pay for two flights. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I rescheduled that Godspeed show like a year and a half before it happened. <laughs> like, like, when they, happened like, like, I think it was when they released that last album, which was, when was it? Mm. I need the chat to tell me when did God's P at State End come out. <laughs> See, that's I, I, I lament this often. Or, oh wait, how do you how do you pronounce that? Um, oh, April twenty twenty one. So like about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is, how hyped were you when that uh, lost album? resurfaced earlier this year? That was Godspeed, you Black Emperor, right? Yes, the one yes, they, yes. Yeah. I um. I was fine. I was not like, I was like, ooh, lost media. But then, well, the thing is, when it came out, there were a couple of people that were like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. I kind of see why. Maybe they didn't bother to release it. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I mean, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess it's that thing, isn't it, that when you're so hungry for anything yeah. from a particular artist, you're just... Right. That's how you uncover these lost bootlegs. Mm-hmm. Right, but um, where was I? Oh, I remember where I was going. Where was I going? Anyway, we were passing by dilapidated mills that were getting turned into mm. um, apartments. At some point soon, they had signs, and we're lamenting that like when you do that, when you when you when you gentrify these things, if you will, you kind of you're taking away a valid community service of things for kids to throw rocks at. <laughs> because, yeah. If kids can't throw rocks at the old mill that nobody gives a shit about, <laughs> what are they? Kids can't go swimming in the old quarry. Right, no exactly. Quarry. Listen, it's, it's it's just like digging holes. There's that primal urge to destroy things to some extent. Mm. Yeah. So I am. Um... Yes. Oh, okay, sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead. I was just, uh, I, I've been, what are my sort of trillion little projects that I will never complete that I like to just think about is playing Legend of Zelda it's really interesting to me because in Legend of Zelda you're wondering like it's great because you're wondering like the ruins of the world and there's like you know all these ancient technology ruins like I love the like broken down uh, of the Guardians whatever, from like 10,000 years ago whatever yeah. the hell, 100 years ago but it's just interesting to me because I feel like in video games you'll be like wondering yeah, and you'll find like the you find these like ancient broken down things and they're like, oh, this is from 500 years ago when the awakening happened. And then where I live, I wander around and I see these broken down structures that like covered in like, and then they're like, oh yeah, that's like from 10 years ago when like Angus wanted to throw away his combine harvester. Right. Like, <laughs> it, it's like, I, I think that like, it's interesting how different time works in fiction in that in reality, you know, these kind of beautiful ancient things, ancient looking things, they're within our generation. Like, they're within memory. Right. And at yeah, the end I... of the day, something from 500... It's, it's just funny to me that in fiction, it's a fantasy of the past being all around you and visible. I mean, which it is, but in a much more, you know, 
concrete way. Right. And it's like, why, why aren't the Guardians covered in just, like, rotten food and just, like, graffiti? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, like, they, in reality, they would be buried under peat. I can tell you that much. Right. <laughs> they, or they, they would be chipped all over the place from kids throwing rocks at them. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's a great, like, everything seems completely untouched except by nature, which is, again, a very human fantasy. Yeah. That, you know, we'll see these beautiful ancient things and we won't, we won't go and turn it into, like, a barbecue restaurant. Yeah. Which is what we will do. (laughs) Right, right. It feels like um, people who didn't grow up rural enough to realize that what rural kids do for fun, which is just wander around to places that people don't care about and just kind of throw beer balls around. Yeah, and I think, like, especially where I live, it's easy to be like, oh, you know, it's such an eyesore that this huge rusted-out engine is on the beach, like, and it's like, well, it actually cost quite a lot of money to get rid of this kind of stuff. And I think people often... I'm saying this because the the time of the year it is, uh, it's the tourists are starting to descend where I live, and I'm becoming one of those people. Even though I've only lived here for a year, I'm quickly becoming one of those people who's like... Oh God! There's like camper vans all parked everywhere. I can't find a parking place. Um, I think people forget that like a beach they see, especially here, isn't just oh a nice beach to walk down and walk your dog on. It's like a you know it's like a place where people live and work and do farming and all that all all that good stuff. Even though it's been a year, you've I I can assure you you've been you've been purely and fully county pilled <laughs> fully fully you're yes you, you recognize oh wait a minute this isn't like that's just the engine block people probably chill on that engine block on the beach yeah and, and it's like i mean I'm, I'm learning to drive as well and i've only been so obviously i'm not even really a driver but i'm already like these tourists don't know how to use passing places this is a single track road you can't be yes listen that's you have to, uh, yeah, and I'm sure you, you've got as crazy roads as I have. We've got like a lot of fun. People in the more settled parts of the U.S. don't know how good you have it with terms of like roads, not just being like this is where the goats went and this is where <laughs> the cars go now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fully like when when you just there'll just be a sheep in the middle of the road. And yeah. And you're like going somewhere. That sheep's uh, forefathers decided where this road is going to be. Wait, one of my favorite people, when people come here, they love, um, we've got little road signs to say, beware of otters. <laughs> otters, got a little otters crossing sign. I have. We've we've had a lot of turkeys recently. Oh, lovely, like I love it. The past, like, five years or so, I think. And, like, there was just one on the deck the other day, just this morning, just, like, hanging out, just hanging around. And they're huge. I love that. I, love that. I, have, I don't think I've ever seen a turkey in the wild, like, ever. They're, they're, they're cool little guys. They, um, mm. They're uh, Animals are very weird because they're, like, not your friends. Mm. <laughs> but yes. They're, but they're not your enemies either. Yeah, they're just sharing the planet with you. I love yeah. it. Yeah, they're like, I'm just like, they don't, if, you know, if squirrels were like five foot ten, they would run away from them too. <laughs> but, yes. but I, because I'm like twice their size, they're like, hey, but you've got, yeah. 
do you have seed in there? I'm kind of scared of you, but it looks like you have a big old scoop full of seed. <laughs> so I'm, you and I might be good friends, but I'm not sure. Mm. It's like how when when whenever I'm like driving to the beach for a swim, I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if there was like a seal there? And we were like swimming at the same time as a seal. And then as soon as I get in the water, I'm like, I fucking hope there's not a seal nearby. Right. Like, uh... <laughs> yeah, those things are big. Those things are big, and they will bite you. Yeah. Well, not on purpose, but but luckily they're very shy. So. Yeah. What a weird relationship. We as someone who has like had pets willing unwillingly you might say <laughs> as they just wander into your house for as long as i can remember we have a weird relationship with with animals and they have a weird relationship with us mm. yeah this is why i love cats so yeah. much like I, I i like i have a dog well my housemate has a dog and i love my dog like i love her so much but I vastly prefer cats to dogs. And I think because while like dogs need you, like they're like be with me as my friend. Yeah. Cats are like I'm your weird roommate. Right. <laughs> and I love that. I love I was saying to Emily, like I I can't I'm not a big crier. Like I don't and I'm quite I'm quite I don't really quite cry a lot. But you know how sometimes you want to have a cry? Sure. If I want to have a cry, what I do is I go on Reddit and I go to the senior cats subreddit and I look at pictures of old cats and I openly weep just without fail. Uh, that's the that's the spores in your brain doing the, the work the cats want you to do. <laughs> yes, that's the is it is it what is it is it to, toxin, toxoplasmosis I think. Toxosis. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing that makes you their friend. Yeah, I, I, makes them smell good, right? I can't remember exactly what it is, but or or if it is just like an actual thing that affects humans, or if it's kind of like one of that like that red wine thing where it's like it's good for your heart if you drink <laughs> thirty gallons of it every day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, speaking of uh, uh, weird roommates, Eve, like 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 my own weird roommates, I'm going to bid you farewell for tonight, right now, <laughs> as I go to talk Very to someone nice. else. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, yes. Thank you. I forgot to say up at the top, your game was White Dresses on Branches. I forgot to mention it that. It was. Everyone go buy uh, Indiepocalypse issue 12. Yes, it's in there. Or play the game on itself. Play your, check out yeah. all oh, your yeah. stuff. You can get it. You can get it on kafkaesque.itch.io. That's kafkaesque. With an S. The escape key. Yes. It's a weird pun. But now you know it's a pun and now you know how to find it. Yes. All right, speak to you later. Yes, I had a friend who bought that specific issue because of that game. Really? Yes, he's like, this sounds like something for me. It was something because your you description like is like, you know, some what was it about like, how, what was your? Um, it's like, uh, it's like something like a like uh, a governor simulator is what drew him. In. Yes, governor simulator. <laughs> he's like, he's like, sounds like it's up my alley. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're gonna be. I'm gonna go on a break soon. Um, and by soon, I mean in a moment. The moment was me as soon as I found it, opened FUBAR 2000, <laughs> which is ready, which is on my desktop and ready to go. Um, thank you again for hanging out, Eve. No worries. You even talked about video games a little. <laughs> Amazing. A miracle. This, 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 the, 
thing you never expect to get from Indie Apocalypse Radio. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll be back in 227. Goodbye. Oh, no, not goodbye yet. I'm not on the right. Um, actually, since you mentioned them, oh, it's named Otter, but let me let me switch back to my Otter. <laughs> I think that I now here's the fun thing is like, what did I name this? Oh, I named it Otter Time. Okay, good. I have my file naming structure for my gifts as names that I like. Anyway, goodbye again. Hello and welcome back to oh. Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was Amy, aka Spent Gladiator One, by the Mountain Goats. Uh, I think a lot about the. Um, so, like, with bands, you know, there is like a there's like the go to the hits, and I feel like the Mountain Goats are very much like once you go past, um, like you know, the obvious, like this year and no children. Like, it's open season on, like, what is a person's favorite Mountain Goats song or Mountain Goats album. And I don't think there is, like, I don't know if there's, like, a definitive answer in that case. Like, what is the canonical Mountain Goat? Is it the Sunset Tree, maybe? (laughs) I'm not sure. Anyway, we're here with our second guest, returning friend of the show, who is... Originally from Indie Apocalypse issue four, I did not do the the legwork to discover to find out what other Indie Apocalypse she is in. I'm lazy like that. But if you got four, like many people did, as part of that uh, racial justice bundle, you may know her work of "Are You Okay?" and "Flower." It's Bianca. Bianca, hello and welcome back to the show. Hi, um, how's it going? It's going good. That's my question. <laughs> I've got it returned on me. Do you do you, oh. do you remember off the top Oops. of your head which other ones you your zine and comics are in? You know, I was looking at it the other day. I want to say issue thirteen was one of them. Oh wait a minute! I think and I think you um, did it yourself. It's thirteen five and seven seventeen rather. Thirteen five and seventeen. Oh, you have really? A, you have a thing that says stuff I'm in, and you have. Oh, so true! I was about to search that up. <laughs> you, you did it yourself. Yeah, I was like, I need to go to my itch page, but yeah, that's convenient of myself to do. <laughs> I find it uh, interesting that you brought up the mountain goats. Yes, because even though I'm not a huge mountain goats fan, like I was thinking about them, <clears throat> like today. And I was I wrote down really quickly which one were, which ones were my favorite songs. Okay, and they're like they're all very Christian. <laughs> uh, so you're or, you're uh, uh, what is it the the days the future the the shape of the future yet to come is that what it's called? Oh n- well, no, I just know songs. I don't know the albums. But well, if, if, <laughs> if they're like all like Matthew twenty three twenty five, if they're all that one, it's from that album. <laughs> Oh, I only have one of those. Uh, Psalms chapter 40, verse 2. Okay. That one I kind of like. And also Cry for Judas for obvious reasons. Yes, I'm a, I am a huge fan of... So Transcendental Youth was like my my onboarding. That's what that, that, that song I just played was from, from Transcendental Youth. And mm-hmm. I really like Cry for Judas. Yeah, it's a good song. I love when he's like... Um, he's talking about like taking a black like cloth and making an altar for Baphomet. Yeah. 
and he follows that up with mistreat your altar boys and this is what you get like it's great <laughs> it's yeah he's a it's a real a real f- i could go endlessly about uh, i'm a big fan of the mountain goats in general i'm a huge mm-hmm. i go through i have periods where i'm like I have like mine, my, my album of the year. I usually cycle through different ones sometimes, mm-hmm. but yes, oh, yeah? I like, I'm, I like Lord send me a mechanic if I'm not beyond repair. Oh my Lord. That's my favorite line <laughs> because uh, what was I going to say? Like on my quote bot, cause uh, I made a quote bot as I brought up previously. Yeah. And that was one of like the first uh, quotes that I put into it. Because it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's... You know, you have a very specific... Um, growing up, at least I... You know, growing up in kind of New England, you have a very... And probably just America in general, you develop a certain relationship with Christianity, you know, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's all... I imagine it's all around you. I yeah. Guess. Or just like, you know, CCD uh, is like a daycare... That's oh, not, what is CCD? It's uh, Christian Child Development. <laughs> that's that sounds right. I don't know if you looked it up, but that sounds right. No, I guessed. I don't know it. I've never encountered CCD before. It's kind of like I, it's kind of like a like a religious school sort of thing. I think oh, it's basically daycare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff is like it permeates childcare everywhere. Yeah, like this kind of religious and moral instruction but it's like where it was like you know it's right near the school so you can just hey walk over to there when you're done so oh i see you and all your friends go over to that thing and you kind of learn about how you shouldn't steal stuff i guess <laughs> which i mean is good yeah, at I mean, least that's it yeah it's good advice <laughs> not to covet your neighbor's stuff yeah quite a goat is is that is that a bold um Bold statement from the Bible, though, to lay down the commandments that wife, that women aren't property. At least in that huh. one small section. Yeah, I mean, the Christian Bible, I haven't read it in a hundred years. But if true, that's that's good of them. <laughs> well, there's those. Um, you are, are not covered thy neighbor's property and covered thy neighbor's wife, two different commandments. Yeah. Oh, true, true. I guess, you know. Women are people, bold statement. Yes, at least. At least or, or merely a different category of property. Yeah. Because <laughs> I guess you can cover thy neighbor's house. I guess women don't have possessed the, 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 um, the wherewithal to covet, I suppose. <laughs> it's, um, I find this like a perfect segue. <laughs> yes. To either talk, I see two roads before me where I can talk about my work, which has to do with a lot of Christianity stuff and, you know, religious trauma, or I can talk about anime and, um, I think I'm going to go with anime. <laughs> okay. So let's, so the road less traveled. I know it's not like I talk about anime every time I'm on this show, but you know, no, he got to keep it. Back. Somebody has to, has to, to fuel that, up. the urge you have <laughs> sometimes to talk about anime, anime, the correct, <laughs> I've been I've been watching some videos lately. There's a good a good like um, a guy's doing Jeremy Parrish does like this long retrospective of like just going through all the Game Boy. I, he's done a lot of stuff. It started off just playing like I'm going to do all the Game Boy games, cover them all, 
and he pronounces mm-hmm. it anime, which is technically the correct way to say it. Oh yeah. But it's like I know there's it's like karate, and it just sounds obnoxious, even though it's oh, technically no. correct. I remember that was like debate on how to say manga, manga yeah. or manga, and uh, I usually say manga, but that's probably not yeah. correct. <laughs> technically, technically, speaking. as someone who has done a lot of um, reached max level in their kanji training app, it is man is the. Uh, the, the correct match, but it doesn't really matter. It's English. They're English loan words. You know, we can chop them up however you want. Now, you were saying your Christian trauma anime. Trauma anime, that's a great way to put it. Um, so, recently, um, I watched the Evangelion, okay. the last film, the rebuild one, Thrice Upon a Time. Yes. And I absolutely loved it. <laughs> and, um, that that was just a process of me like talking to friends being like oh my god remember that part where chinji achieved um self-actualization it was just so good and i feel like it's one of those films like obviously i haven't seen the original anime so i can't really compare it to that right but i think that film in itself really hits home for me as a person who like my tastes in art and I've talked about art a lot. Yes. On sometimes, this you podcast. Talk, sometimes you need to talk about art. Sometimes people need to learn about, if you can't learn about, Oh, um, I, 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 I dig myself into a hole that, you know, the movie that I'm going to mispronounce that has a very long name. There's three of them. There's a trilogy, I believe. Uh, Koya. Kuyanikatsu. Oh. Anyway, I don't you, know that one. Sorry. If we can't talk about it here, where else are you gonna talk about it? You know. <laughs> well, yeah. If you can't talk about aesthetic theory on in Apocalypse Radio, where can you? Yeah, right. This is my. This is the the the, the this the indie Apocalypse is the gateway into art and trying to trick people into slowly. It's like how we all trick all the Colombo kids in the back door of the mall into the world of John Cassavetes. And then just oh. indie American cinema. So true. Except in this case, it's anime, I guess. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, I guess for me as like a cinema studies student, I guess, um, my whole kind of idea of art is kind of like art is everything and nothing. It's everything you want it to be. And it's also kind of meaningless as a category. Right. But for me, I really like things that kind of feel like not just cathartic but they kind of feel like a blueprint for existing not in the sense that it's like moral morally instructive because i think like theodore adorno has a lot to say about that in his book aesthetic theory and how art (laughs) you don't believe that if you watch the right shows it makes you a good person exactly like it's (laughs) Pretty much, you know, art doesn't have to be morally instructive. Yeah. And watching things like, I don't know, I haven't watched this because I'm very sensitive, but Berserk, it will inherently make you a bad person. It's, you know, your actions that make you a bad person. Right, right. But enough about, like, morality and ethics because I feel like I'm going to dig myself into a ditch. For some reason, I was thinking of Sallow. What is Sallow? It's a a film. Look it up on your own time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I definitely will. I don't know if I should do that now. I don't know if I you should watch scared. it, though. 
Sallow oh, uh, okay. or 120 Days of Sodom. That was the the. Uh, oh yeah, I think I saw that in a meme about like really scary shit. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a you know it's a horror art film. Ah, oh, you love to see art when you th- that just means there's a lot of sick stuff happening. But um, I see, I see. I've never watched it because I think it's a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on in it. It's real rough. Yeah. I've been obviously I haven't seen that one, but I've been trying to stomach more horror media lately and have one friend who has um, Silent Hill 2, the yeah. original on PS3, I think. I don't fucking know. And we were playing it together and I was like, oh, my God, this like this is so good. <laughs> um, because I don't know, it's just something about horror that definitely feels cathartic where you're seeing someone like go through like this horrible maze made out of flesh and there's like corpses hanging from the ceiling just their blood draining into a bucket and you're just like you know this is horrible and awful but i can kind of empathize with this yeah like feeling this kind of existential like fear feeling this kind of like um just you know terror horror i guess right right that kind of I think, I mean, we could, I, I have a, I had a weird relationship with horror, you know, where sure. I grew up in like the slasher, the boom of the slasher age, you know, or like the, the cuss or like the afterglow of the slasher age, mm-hmm. which gives you a very specific impression of horror, which is that it's, no, you know what? I grew up with the, um, in like the real dregs of it when you were getting like Halloween and Friday the 13th, like six or whatever, <laughs> just like oh, okay. the real shitty ones were coming out. And there were probably other franchises that are starting up, but it was like that very like that shallow schlocky era of horror mm-hmm. where it's like there's where there's no substance to it. And there's nothing. Just very derivative and yeah. very kind of like gory, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I haven't seen. Yeah. And like the it's where it's where the um, I, I wonder I've thought about this doing this before, like watching all these like slasher style movies and these like sort of franchise horror movies mm-hmm. and marking the point where the, the antagonist turns into the protagonist basically. Oh, like, like, <laughs> like basically like when does Jason become the main character, you know, instead of the kids, mm-hmm. like when is he, oh, okay. like when is he the point person we're rooting for instead of the people he's killing? Yeah. Cause I imagine like no one walks into a movie expecting to watch the kids. They're there for, you know, the big scary guy. Yeah, yeah. And they want to see him kill all the people we hate. Literally, yeah. The only one, like, I've watched very few horror movies, but I have seen Halloween. Okay. For, it was for a Halloween thing, like, you know, the holiday, and also for a film class thing. And I find that movie so interesting. Not so interesting as in I love it. I kind of find it boring. But I find it really interesting as kind of like, an examination into how domestic life can be kind of, you know, a death trap, yeah. at least for women. Cause you know, um, that one girl whose name I forget is the kind of the protagonist, but also just the horror of kind of being thrust into the shoes of the big killer guy. What's his name? Michael Myers. Yes. Okay. I always mix him up with Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slightly. I mean, Mike Myers is like a horror of a different type. Yeah. <laughs> and, as, as years went on. Oh man. I mean, I believe it. <laughs> like, is is the cat in the head a horror film? You know, 
it was scary to me when I watched it when I was a kid. Because, yeah, that shit was kind of surreal. I don't know what I, to say. No, I saw, I watched clips. I never saw that movie. But I watched clips of it at some point. And I was like, this movie could get like a second life as like a cult film. It's so bizarre. It's it so, really Like is. unhinged. Like when the freaking kids like get into the purple place. Oh my God. Like, you know, the purple space. No, I, fucking... do, I don't know. What do you. <laughs> like there's this part where they go into like the infinite void. Okay. And it's like in the cat's like bag or something in his briefcase. And like, I don't know. That just, that bit just stuck with me. It was so scary. And you know, Alec Baldwin is there. So what inherently is, scary. What is he doing? Is it Alec Baldwin? I feel like it. He he might be. I don't know. I don't know what other characters are in it because I've seen so. I've I've seen like a few clips. It's like the the crazy boyfriend. Okay. To the the mom. All right. It's, that sounds like yeah. something he would do. I, I just <laughs> I, like I remember watching like the like the home co- shop like cooking show he was doing. Oh my god! Yes. And I was like, what is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> where he's like um i'll kill you and i'll make it look like a bloody accident yeah it's like he's doing just bits and then but he's doing cat, cat in the hat i don't know what a weird thing it really is it's just the front to do like whatever the yeah. hell he wants to. yeah he's just like an excuse to do all these sketches he's come up with yeah anyway it might get yeah. a second life i i am gonna put my flag down right now though and say quite adamantly that there is going to be a lot of um, renewed appreciation for the original Mario Brothers movie when the new one comes out. Like people are gonna be and like, you- that original one. There's something there. I mean, maybe for some people, yeah. <laughs> it's such a. I don't like it, but I respect it. Yeah, there's there's something to it. It's what. <laughs> It's probably a bad movie, like, if you had to sit down and watch it front to back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe the reason you... (laughs) No, I can't judge, obviously. I'm a Marvel fan. I can't judge anything. But, um, like, maybe the reason why you like it is because you saw clips of it. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it is. Like, oh, I mean, I I watched it a lot as a child, and I don't know if I could defend the movie as itself, but I feel like when you, um, in the wake of what will surely be, like, the Minions but you pal swap in Mario or whatever. Yeah, yeah. People want to be like, oh, this weird dystopian movie <laughs> that has like <laughs> this utterly bizarre, grungy aesthetic. At least it's kind of memorable. Yeah, that's what it is. I feel like we're kind of approaching that like, at least it makes me feel something, I guess. Yeah, existential horror, but at least something. Yeah. It reminds me, there was this video. Um, I think it was on Polygon. That was just like the Transformers designs are really bad in the Michael Bay movies, which obviously, but they said that um, they could easily be improved by just adding like truck nuts to all the Transformers. Did they not, and, did they not famously yeah. have truck nuts in one of them? Wait, hold up. Did they? I thought I thought that was a joke. My my one knowledge of the um, my knowledge of the Transformers movies, I think one of them is like a rapper and it's probably problematic. Um, yeah, and, there was uh, some really weird depictions there, yeah. And then one of them has truck nuts. Oh. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe they took the input from that Polygon <laughs> video. Yes. Like, I feel like it was like, no, you know what it might have been? It might have been like one that was like a construction robot, and it was like those, um, 
wrecking balls. He was lubricating. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> oh, listen, I have. Remember that line? Okay. No, anyways, I've never seen these mind. movies. Anyways. I saw, but yeah. I, I saw the, the original cartoon movie when I was younger because I had, I had some friends who were very into Transformers. And that oh, movie's the, fine, I guess. <laughs> the know? comics are kind of good, though. That's what, uh, I, that's what from I hear. What I read. That, like, yeah, more than meets the eye. Yes, that's and the one. The other one. I don't know what the other one's called, but I hear. I feel like sometimes I. I feel like that keeps sort of happening where people just like get properties or whatever, and that nobody mm-hmm. cares about, and they just make good comics out of them. Oh, so true, so true. But yeah, I guess that's what I was kind of getting at. Like this whole thing with making things, even if they're kind of you know like the cat in the hat, uh, kind yeah. of terrifying. At least they're memorable. They make you feel something. Yeah. And that's where I was kind of going with the Chuck Nuts thing. Yes, yes. Like, no. at least there's, a, like, a feeling that's produced when you, I say, like, yo, the Transformers ought to have, you know, whatever. But um, at least you're saying something. I'm like, right. <laughs> a lot of media, cough, cough, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yes. cough, cough, anything else that you see. Well, okay. But not to be, like, a boomer or anything, there's some good stuff being made these days. Yeah. I just think that... This kind of, um, how do you say, this dedication to companies and franchises and profits kind of suck the soul out of you. Right, and that's right. That's so sad. Because I think, like, a lot of the we, I've been saying the worst thing the Marvel movies did was they were just good enough. That's the, like, they're, mm. they're just, at the very worst, they're still mostly watchable compared to, like, your traditional blockbuster where it's like, ah, oh, this thing sucks. It's big and loud, but it kind of sucks. But now, I like, think so. like because oh, like the 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 um the quality is a little like ah oh, it's it's good enough like people even the people who dislike it like vehemently they're kind of like they're not necessarily bad movies but they're just like I want something else. Yeah, I was about to say like I was about to say what you just hit upon in that last bit. Um, I think one of the worst things that they did was like kind of like shift the goalposts kind of yeah and people started saying oh this movie is really good actually and it's civil war which is in my opinion a terrible terrible movie that has no story and doesn't make sense within the larger canon yeah but these just absolutely vapid movies that kind of vaguely have a plot and people are saying oh it's so it's so different or it's the best marvel movie that's come out so far yeah. Like WandaVision. I remember people were saying WandaVision was great and super um like super counter to the other Marvel um like movies and media because like it was kind of experimenting with form, which I I guess it it wasn't really, but you know. But within that like, narrow lens. Exactly. Within the very narrow lens of MCU media, of course, it's gonna seem kind of experimental, but in reality, it's not really saying anything. So yeah, that's a it's that weird thing where it's like I I was always holding out for like, sure, I listen, I'm not gonna read the like whatever the Avengers book is, but I'm gonna I'm I'm holding out for like, you know, whatever weird side book, you know, like because comics are very comic movies are at where comics are at you know mm-hmm. in terms of how they produce like uh you read iron man and hulk and whatever and then the event comic happens and you read the event book and all the tie-in books and like 
all these books are like perfectly fine, but I want to read Young Avengers or something, you know? Or I want to read like a book about a C-tier guy that nobody cares about so that the uh, the artist has and the authors have like more free range to kind of do whatever they want. Right, right. <clears throat> because That's... with um I suppose that with those bigger books like and the characters aren't really allowed to do anything. <laughs> yeah. But like a, a C-lister nobody cares about. Like you can just do whatever you want with them. Yeah, yeah. That's how you get like you know, that's like when Hawkeye was a C-lister or like before, you know, that's how you get, uh, you know, the Hawkeye version of Hawkeye, you know? Yeah. Oh, I think, did we ever talk about that comic? I, th- I the... think you and I may have spoken about Matt Fraction and David Aja's Hawkeye. Yeah. Oh, that comic is so good. Like also has one of my favorite quotes where Hawkeye, like, um, he has a flashback to when he and his brother were fighting as kids and he's like, and his brother was saying something like, um, make everything something to hit with. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's how we can beat beat him, him being like their father who was like really abusive. And it's it's so good. It's so good. I think it's one of those things also that are just this kind of like, not a blueprint for life, but it's very much about how <clears throat> like community is everything right. in that comic and how... You can't live without other people. That's how you self-destruct, <clears throat> which is also kind of the point of Evangelion, which is crazy, a crazy loop around. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just love media that, you know, hot take, but media that says something and media that, you know, makes you feel something. I don't know. What do you think about Matt Fraction, Andrew? <laughs> I like I more or less like Matt Fraction. He's a he's a cool guy. I I don't think he's like my um, 100% go to. And of that mm. of that era of writers, I think I tend to lean a little bit more towards Kieran Gillen, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But uh, are they in the same? Would you say they're in the same like pool of like era of authors? I don't know. In my mind, I lumped them together. What did Kieran Gillen write? Because uh, I remember seeing his name recently. He, well, he just died. Finished fairly recently. He did um uh, Wicked Wickdiv, you know, Wicked Divine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was Young Avengers, and he did some Thor at some point with, like, Kid Loki and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot. They, you know, that's what all these comic guys do. They do a lot of stuff. They get around. They just, like, because yeah. it's an industry that doesn't pay you anything, so you have to write 30 books mm-hmm. all at once, especially if you're just, like, writing characters that someone's like, oh, you did that book, it's successful, and now... America Chavez in the new Doctor Strange. Although they, I don't think they, she pre-exists, um, predates Young Avengers, but I'm sure that is like a um, a a a focal point. Or no, what's what's the what's the is it fulcrum point? Fulcrum point, perhaps is what I'm looking for. A turning. I point. actually don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those pivotal moments. Yeah, for where the it's character. like, I feel like whenever you see, I'm sure the like the 10,000 most of the, I'm sure most of the, um, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The companion news articles that take comic clips of America Chavez are all from young Avengers that young Avengers run. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I first heard about her. Like I never read young Avengers proper because I didn't know how to pirate comics when it came out. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) Oh, also, don't pirate comics. Don't don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
Listen, Sorry, if you, if you pirate comics, you have to be like a weird weirdo like me where you just like, well, I got to read it like this, but then I buy everything myself. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the writers and the artists deserve the money coming from comics, less so the big corporations. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> buy indie comics, I guess, is the answer. So true. That is so true. <clears throat> Support people like like Pal Press, which is closing. R.I.P. Pal Press. R.I.P. I'm holding one of their books, and I'm like just lifting it to the sky. Is so it, sad. Which one? Which one is it? What do you have? No love lost. Wait, what was that? Sorry, you cut it apart. Oh, no love lost by Luca Oliveri. Do I not have that book? That's. I, I, how can I type no love lost into the internet? That's not going to give me. Unless that's the spaceship one. It's it's in space, yeah. It's the one with the cover in space. It's um I got it recently from okay, I feel like every time I'm on this show, which I love being on this show, yes. I talk about the same few things. <laughs> which is like Pal Press, the Beguiling anime. But yeah, I got this one from the Beguiling. Ah uh, I, I I went to the Beguiling once and I liked it there. Mm. No, this is not the this is not the Pal book about space that I was thinking of. I was thinking of Wrecked Hearts. Oh, wait. Okay. I, I've i been looking for Wrecked Hearts, and I actually didn't remember the name until you just said it right now. That's the Mecha one, right? No, Wrecked Hearts is the one that's on like a... Uh, we're, now we're just really getting the weeds. Of, uh, Wrecked Hearts is um, it's on like a space uh, station, I believe. Oh, a high school student who is also a space-shifting alien goes yeah. on a class trip. Yeah. Damn, okay. So I don't know why I thought it was about Mecha. But, oh, they have a digital comics division as well. Yeah, I'm looking at that one right now. Ugh. Wait, where do you, How even, so where hmm? do you even get that? Now, now, can you get it? No. So this is one of those books where I wonder. Um, I think there's sometimes about like, you know, weird um, like indie books mm-hmm. where it's like when they go so out of print that they become – are they valueless or valuable, you know? Yeah. I remember seeing, because I don't know why, but I could only find Wrecked Hearts as the hardcover ones. Oh. And it was like 50 bucks. Like, And this was like a year or two ago. And then I didn't buy it because I didn't have 50 bucks. Yeah. But no. um, <laughs> I think I got it off of Kickstarter, I believe, like when they did like their publication, you know? Damn. Wait, was that not POW? Maybe, oh, you know, you know, that wasn't POW. That's why. I don't think. It wasn't POW? It was POW. Okay, it was. I'm Wait, so... let me let me. It says POW Digital Division Comics. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, I was like, "Hello!" Like, did I say something wrong? I was so scared. But yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the, the point is that uh, Luca Oliveri also did Wrecked Hearts. So that's why I was conflating the two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, No Love Lost is also really good. I've I've been meaning to I gotta anyway anyway we're just listen we're we're gonna go on break for a second we're just getting into the weeds about comic books and <laughs> this is what I want to do honestly one of these days I'm I'll fulfill my threat of just starting a comic book show where I just talk to another person about comic books and maybe have guests where we talk about comic books and I just I just like them a lot I think they're cool. I think there's something broken in my brain where I connect to them better than written fiction, maybe. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. No, I feel that. Hot take. Comics yeah. are good. <laughs> but I've been reading a lot of... 
I got like the we hear a lot of the, the new gods like Jack Kirby stuff, and the, that guy knew how to draw a comic. My God, <laughs> he's like it's old looking at first, but then you're like, oh wow, this is it's, every page is a gift. Anyway, so true. the hot takes: Jack Kirby is a good comic artist. <laughs> <laughs> nothing but the boldest statements around this and around on indie apocalypse radio steaming well, hot takes yes yeah, steaming hot nothing nothing bolder they called i'm gonna declare right now you could call jack kirby the king even he was so good <laughs> imagine imagine speaking of the mcu built on jack kirby's back you know so true so disappointed now there's no new gods movie so now we can't see don rickles and goody rickle on the big screen anyway did he invent hunky jimmy olsen who knows i actually wouldn't know but man mcu his his jimmy olsen is a bordering on a beefcake over there hello yeah he's like I mean, <laughs> he, he's like Superman's pal, but he's like, he's like when he's like a real. Anyway, anyway, I'm going on a break. I can keep threatening. <laughs> I'm not going to sit around and just talk about Jimmy Olsen. Anyway, be back in 255. Welcome back to uh, Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was Silver Jews with Party Barge. I threatened, I or not threatened, rather, because it's a, they're a good band. He's a good man. Um, this is a real. Um, I was I'm, let me see. No, never mind. Not that bad. I was like, is this is this a a show of mostly poor, dearly departed musicians? But no, there's only two of them. R.E.P. Um, but anyway. David Berman. Welcome back to the show. We've got everybody here. We're just hanging out now at the um, the group session of the show. How are the both of you doing? Hello. <laughs> I, I drank water, so I'm good. <laughs> no, I, I also have a water. Handy. Ready to go. Yeah, I have like lemon water, which is, you know, always good when you're talking. Oh, it's okay. This is important question for um, um, foreign my my foreign compatriot guests. Y'all have the 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 Arizonas, the Arizona tall cans. No, no, I have never drunken. Is it iced tea in Arizona? It's, it's iced tea. It's Arnold Palmer. It's honey and ginseng. There's they come in a lot of varieties. Okay, I have never. No, I think you can get them in some places, but okay. probably you can get them in like London or something. Yeah, London, London, Glasgow, probably. But um, no, I have never, never has one passed my lips. Oh, what a! You're, I, I've been getting back into them because I'm like, it's ninety nine cents. I have never. The only time I've ever had iced tea was um, with my American roommate in university was really craving it we didn't have ice cubes at the time so it was just like fridged and it was it was it was god awful wait um, is, is this where i learned that iced tea is an american thing oh we don't have iced tea in britain ever it's like it was not a thing huh i mean that's not you know 
yeah. it's available, but if if like you couldn't you couldn't go into any cafe and have iced tea. Okay, you can't just get like giant gallons of iced tea. Yeah, and is, is ice is iced tea and sweet tea are they the same thing, or is iced tea by default not sweet? Um, in my mind, iced tea is sweet. Okay, I feel like um. Okay, I've only been to the States, like, a couple of times. But whenever I had iced tea over there, like, it was very different. It was a lot sweeter. <laughs> yeah, in my mind, iced tea is just, like, is naturally sweet. Yeah. Or, like, like, like I, when you get it not sweet, it's, like, black iced tea or something, you know? Yeah, it's kind of bitter and not that fun sort of thing. Like, like it's like it's the not the default flavor. You're specifically oh, getting gotcha. it that's not sweetened. At least in my mind. But maybe. So, well, so do, do you not? Tea. Do you also not have the tall cans in Canada? We have the tall cans. Ah, okay. um, I don't know if they actually cost ninety nine cents though. I was gonna say, what is what is ninety nine cents Canadian? What do they print yeah. on the cans? No, the ninety nine cents are there, but okay. they actually don't cost ninety nine cents. Unless it's changed in recent years, I just remember being a kid. Everyone was drinking Arizona tall cans. <laughs> okay. Are they are they taller than most other cans? Oh, they're huge. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Let me let me get. I'll get one for scale. Don't worry. They're they're that's it's the charm of them. They're ninety nine cents and they're huge. Oh. Okay. Wow. That's, that's, oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, okay. Um, scale banana. Can I get a banana for scale? The... <laughs> They're kind of like like beer can size. Like Yeah, but Is like that... tall boys. Oh. Like, like a Guinness, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Maybe your Guinness is coming different sizes than our Guinnesses do. I mean, our Guinnesses are fairly tall, I would yeah. say. I don't know. That's, that's what I mean. I'm saying maybe your Guinnesses are probably taller. Oh, you, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Than an American. Because typically what I see are just like the very standard size, um, like beer can style Guinnesses. Mm. Like, this, is, this is making me reevaluate everything I know about the sizes of cans. And like how big. 23 ounces. How much is that in terms of um, the the non-American the non-American system? I'm I'm googling Arizona iced tea next to Diet Coke or just Coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, please! See, this is this is I, why Google does. This is why this is the problem with Google. Is um. Maybe if I check. Yeah, there's there's no pictures of this. We you know what we want because Google. there's well there's no no one has bothered to take a picture of this because everyone knows what size Arizona iced tea yes. cans are. Okay, but I, I don't. I, I I think I got you covered. Okay. This is I'm here we go. I, I did I just posted in the Discord because I'm lazy. I think that was a standard size can there, the Tango there. Wow, that's like double the size. Or, yeah. Well, no, it's not. But, oh, wow. Okay, right. So this is why people really like Arizona. Like, I see people talking about Arizona iced tea a lot because it's yeah. good value. Yeah, they're huge. <laughs> they're not that Okay, sense. right. <laughs> okay, cool. Now, we uh, know anything like that. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an American tradition. <laughs> it's really, I think it's kind of like a. Really, it's the the American dream, honestly. But amazing. I've been yeah, I've been getting more. In, I've been getting back in Arizona iced teas. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Because like, they're so big. <laughs> For a while, I was like, ah. Well, I, was, I wanted to get, like, I'll get, like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Properly, like, those, like, juice shakes and stuff, you know? Which one? Like, I forget the brands, but, like, they're, like, those juice shakes or they're smoothies type things. Or, you know, the kind of thing that says tells you how many vitamins it has on the front of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, energy drink? Not okay. energy drinks though, but oh. like, like um, do you do you have do you have innocent smoothies? Whoa, hello! I've never heard of those. And it, oh, uh, I mean, it's it's just a brand, um, but they do like they they do like good smoothies, um, and they they come in, they they do. I know what you mean, like a bit yes. thinner than a smoothie, a bit yeah. like a like a midpoint to juice in a smoothie. I I totally know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's exactly. I'm looking at it as like the same kind of form factor and look to them, but they're like different uh, brands. Do you know? Do you know what absolutely shook me to my core when I heard that in America, and I presume in Canada, you don't have meal deals. It's a meal deal. And the oh my god. I can't explain to what extent a meal deal is a cornerstone of British culture. A meal deal is, so you get it in all of the major supermarkets. Um, probably Tesco started it, Tesco is the main one. But it's ah, like you go Tesco. in. You I've been get... learning more about Tesco as I do the show. <laughs> and you go in and you get, you can get a drink, a main and a snack. And a main is like a sandwich or a salad or something. And a snack is a packet of crisps or like a chocolate bar. Yeah. And a drink is like any drink. And it's normally like you get like well, those three things for like three pounds is like the, a good meal deal for IC fans 50. Um, and can you like choose them? Like yes. each part? What? Yes. It's a la carte. You go in there and there's sections. There's like a main section. That's... So anyway, I, I mentioned this because the thing about an innocent smoothie is an innocent smoothie counts as a drink in a meal deal. So your classic thing is you'll always get a smoothie as your meal deal drink because that's good value for money because it's essentially like a bit like a whole meal really it's right really yeah, those things are like almost four dollars sometimes yes i know like you can get <laughs> i can't believe it. <laughs> the hottest new video game in town meal deals yes you well, you you have to opt you optimize i can optimize and you know i'm, I'm no gamer yeah. when i'm in tesco i'm optimizing um you can get you, you got to decide what is the best value for your money so like you know, you'll always go and get like the triple decker roast chicken sandwich and like a like a double size Cadbury milk right. and a smoothie. Mm-hmm. And then you've gotten like six pounds fifty worth of food in your meal deal for three pounds. Eva, are you trying to tell me there aren't at least five bitsy games about meal deals yet? I feel like I, I desperately <laughs> hope there is. I feel like that is like I feel like there is somewhere on itch. There is like within the bits within the bits of community. There are there are they've got me covered by my meal deal games. It seems <laughs> like mean, the overlap between those two is a circle. <laughs> it's just incredible to me that it's not a thing in America because it, to me it's a no brainer. Yeah. Like it's, it, I would say that some, somewhere like Boots, which is like a it's like a pharmacist, but it also does food weirdly. Um, in 
I would say that like 60% of their sales are meal deal. Like going yeah. into a Tesco, any Tesco, like especially Tesco Metro in like, at like half 12 to one is like packed. Literally you can hardly get to the meal deal shelves. <laughs> no, it's like there's some supermarkets that have like you can get chips. It is it is like that, but it's like you're paying full price for a sub and then getting a discount on chips and soda. Like it's not the same. Uh, yeah. There's no mix and matching element to it, and it's also like ten dollars. <laughs> I mean, a far cry from three. Yeah. Oh, so good, so good. Um, I talking about Bitsy when I. One of my bitsies, which is about like two anime magical girls, sort of, or like one who's been left behind by the other one. I almost set that in a in a in a supermarket. Okay. Because I love. I think supermarkets one of those places. It's just such like I mean it's an overused term. It's such like a liminal space. Yes. No, I have blocked the liminal space bot on Twitter. I'm so sick of seeing it. <laughs> but yeah, that is. Our art our, in 5,000 years after the Great Awakening happens and people rediscover supermarket ruins across the countries. <laughs> yes. They're like, what are these massive spaces? <laughs> I have this recurring fantasy where I'm like, if the world, if like everyone on earth disappeared but me. Yeah. And, um, and like not much else changed really. Uh, like there was still somehow electricity and water right, supply. Right. How long? Sorry. How long could I survive in a supermarket? What would I mean? Forever is the answer. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of food in there. Yeah. There's there's mountains of food. There's yeah, and at some point, like if you've got a floral section, you can start growing your own. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, you know, how, what would I, I'd have to use the bottled water to, like, boil some things, and i have to save enough for drinking, brush my teeth, it's the whole thing in my brain. I mean, ideally, ideally everyone disappears during the summer season, so they've got grills and stuff like that. Amazing. I I wouldn't know how to use them, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be be sleeping in, like, one of their little, if it was an Ikea, I'd be, like, sleeping in one of the little beds set up. That is... All these very primal desires to sleep in the the furniture in the store. Just yeah. just take down all these rules that we have about things, you know? Let me let me sleep in the mm. IKEA bed. I'm tired. <laughs> I want to I want to have 30 IKEA hot dogs and then go to sleep in the IKEA bed. <laughs> call it a day. I got worried as I was shelving my books because I had like, um, I don't know, like 12 piles or something. Some ridiculous number of books I had unshelved. I just had never gotten around to it. And Mm. I worried I'd have to make a trip to Ikea to get another shelf, but I was fortunately I did not. But it got me thinking of Ikea um, and how hot dogs are, I think, a very state of mind food, you know. Mm. I feel like I've never had a good hot dog. I d- I don't know. See, here's the thing. I don't know if there are such thing as good hot dogs, or if there's like good fixings on a hot dog. Mm. It's a vehicle. 
Yes. <laughs> a delivery a for, vehicle like, for what? For sauerkraut, maybe? <laughs> Onions. Oh, uh, I thought you meant like a vehicle for nutrition or something. Like it was just a... Oh, no, it's definitely not that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a vehicle in the sense that you can buy a little car shaped like it yes. and drive it around. Or you can oh, see... Oh, God, so true. <laughs> or, you, or if you're like, I think, or if you're out on the west coast of the US, you can see them driving the car around. Is it an episode of The Simpsons where someone gets the Wienermobile? I'm going to say yes, just for safety. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make an educated guess and say yes yes i was listening to a podcast where somebody was talking about how they knew someone who worked on the wienermobile and they all had like fun hot dog names for everything including <laughs> themselves <laughs> and i wonder if working on like that kind of very specific kind of job that you don't think that somebody has to do but of course somebody has to drive the wienermobile mm. and like is that job great or miserable and i don't and it can only be one of the two it's like that picture that was circulating like April 2020 was like the ice cream mascot. Yes. Like, why the fuck am I an essential worker? Yes. <laughs> Someone has to wear the ice cream costume. Precisely, because somebody... Listen, where do you think all that Instacart food comes from, you know? There isn't like a magical food... Tr- there isn't like a magical food thing that just pops the food out of nowhere that you sit at your work-from-home job and get, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's someone in ice cream <laughs> costume somewhere <laughs> making up your Baskin, your $13 small cup of Baskin Robbins. I ba- Baskin Robbins and Dairy Queen are other American brands that we don't have that I always think look really good. I would like give anything for a Dairy Queen. I've like da- a, like a, like a, like what's the name of the thing? Like a blizzard. Yes. I the, blizzard. The DQ bl- that is a thing. I, Listen, you can be forgiven because I am. I forgot that I'm in Friendly's country, and I forgot Friendly's was like a restaurant. Such <laughs> a good ju- name. Friendly. Not just an ice cream brand. I was like, oh yeah, they have those around here. I forgot all about those weird little things because it was like a very like nothing restaurant. Do you have like um? nothing restaurants that like have no identity and you're like oh that's a good question uh maybe like a beef eater okay which are like connected usually connected to premier inns which are like um discount hotel chains yeah uh yeah i would say maybe those and i mean i maybe like a weatherspoons you know which is like pub food like anonymous pub food right yeah because I was thinking when you were passing that, I was like, well, they had ice cream, but I remember, like, oh, they used to have food, too. But, like, what food would you get at a friendly? It's just, like, a hamburger? Mm. <laughs> a pizza? Or... Never okay. get... Never go to a place like that and get something other than what they, they do. Yes. Never. <laughs> so true. Um, never the... get, like, the... What do you call it? The fajitas or anything. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the kind, yes, the kind of more experimental foods. <laughs> now, uh, Bianca, I have a very important question for you. This is oh? while we're talking regional things, this is something that I've been thinking about. Are you familiar with the. Um, do you know what candle pin bowling is? Candle. So I'm going to say no. What is it called again? Candle pin. 
No, no, I've never heard of that. What is oh, that? God. So it's even smaller. The, 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 it's even the, the, it's shorter than I thought. There, this was something I learned was like, ex, like extremely regional, like very recently. That oh. I assumed that like, so there, it's 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 bowling, but like the pins are like candles, you know, they're like sticks, not Whoa. that weird little curvy shape. Not, oh wait, not the perfect hourglass figure that all candle that all that most bowling pins come in. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture now. That's so I've never seen that in my life. Okay, because I, I, I learned apparently that like, they're only it's only exists in like northeastern U.S., like New England, and like a little bit of Canada. Yeah, and the Maritimes apparently, according to the Wikipedia article. Yeah. <laughs> I did not realize that it was like, because in my mind, like that was like how kids went bowling, you know, because the balls I are see. really small. Hmm. And you wow, can, so weird. and you can also you can reset the pins yourself because they don't reset after every like throw. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't clean them up, so you you kind of like ricochet them all around. It just feels like bowling that's yeah. for, that feels like designed for children, and I pity I guess all other children around the world. I think over here the only thing we have like. That kind of approximates, you know, bowling for kids. It's just like the smaller bowling balls. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. candle pin balls are also like very small too. Mm-hmm. They're like, um, they don't have holes. Like they, they're like, they're just like kind of like giant marbles sort of. Oh, so true. I say because I, that's just in my mind. That's how they look like physically. Like they have that kind of like swirling pattern that a marble would have. But. That's it. That's it. I'm just. It's uh, weird thinking about like, <clears throat> sorry, um, yeah. all those regional kind of activities, and like you know little quirks, which we talked about before too, right? Yeah, I, I have a lot of international or just like. Even the U.S. is big, so it's there's a lot of chances that I find people on the show that are not from the state I'm in, you know, and I love to learn about like. I love the the cultural minutia, you know. Not like yeah. the big things. Like I want to be like, oh yeah, America highways and apple pie or whatever. I want to mm-hmm. learn about people's I like, think small things. There's not too much difference, I would assume. Yeah. Um, in my limited experience between the u.s and where i'm from which is like the gta around toronto yeah no i when i've been to toronto i'm like this is just like this feels like boston (laughs) oh yeah because you're from massachusetts massachusetts (laughs) sorry no no i tried tried to learn how to pronounce it and i forgot (laughs) no the it's funny because so as a small tangent at one point there was a, a website that i got like they had like anime blind boxes. Oh, and like, okay. So they just send you a bunch of random crappy DVDs of anime you don't want to watch. Sounds amazing. Uh, I think they still do. It's right stuff. It's where I kind of get all my manga. And oh my god, right stuff. That's yeah. where I get all my stuff from. I have like, I've I've cut up, so I've just have like I get these weird pre-order between COVID delaying production and just me being like strictly in pre-orders at this point. 
I'll randomly get like just a, the weird hits of like charges. Be like, all right, something's ready to ship now. Finally, like they've got a sh- a shippable number of books to send me. But anyway, they have blind boxes, and in one of those there was a, a, a like a like kind of like your very very mid aughts like girls doing thing anime, and one of the characters was um, studied at MIT and had a lot of difficulty saying Massachusetts, and it was <laughs> very specific, it was very much in that same kind of like halting like you you get there most of the way there, then you're like uh oh <laughs> what do I do. Oh yeah, like yeah, it's like a maze. Yeah, the master is easy, and then it's the shoes. <laughs> yeah, that just fucks everything up. And that's it, it was like startlingly similar to that exact clip. Maybe I will post it in the Discord for <laughs> this private session. But yeah, no, we have. I mean, where where Candlepin Bowling was formed in Worcester, there's no way you would know how to say Worcester by looking at it. Oh yeah, isn't it like I read it as Worcester or something? Yeah, like that. exactly. <laughs> no, that's Worcester. <laughs> that's Worcester. It's a it's a great great little city over there, you know. See, in Britain, we can pronounce that because we got Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. So yeah, well, we stole all your names from England. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we just decided that we're New England. <laughs> so we just like ah, oh, close enough. We're the new New England. As Billy Bragg once said, the thing he didn't want. I think what's really funny for me is like when I'm talking to people from England and like, oh, like when I was in university and there'd be like English people and then people who went to school in Scotland. Yeah. Uh, and like, and we'd think, you know, you, you, you know, it's, it's one, it's Britain. So you think it's pretty much the same. But then like me and the other Scottish people would be like, oh, do you remember Pastor King? And the English <laughs> people would be like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, so Eve, very important question. This, uh, uh, this is a, a sticking point in my life, in my entire life. So um, yes. how were you? Ha- so the name Bailey, how would you, how would you spell the name Bailey? Bailey, like yeah. B A I L E Y, is how I was spelling him. Bailey. Oh no! Oh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> so what? What? I, I was hoping for salvation in my life. So it's not spelled like that at all. Ah, <laughs> uh, is it spelled like um, like like Kaylee, like with a D H? No, it's uh, <laughs> you got most of the way B A I L, but then it ends with an and no, there's no E's or Y's. It ends with an L I E. L I E. Yeah, so I could also be pronouncing it wrong. Oh, so two L's. Yeah, two L's. And yeah, thinking oh, yeah. the G H at the end for some reason. <laughs> Which you know, I should know better. I should know better. Yeah, but I, I, I thought like so, my whole life was like, oh well, you know, it's a, it's a weird spelling because my uh, my great grandfather was from Scotland, so I thought mm. salvation finally. Eve will be like, ah, oh, no, I know how you spell. Oh, now you mention it, I do. There are some Baileys like with that. It, I would maybe if it was a surname, yeah, I would be more inclined. When when you say Bailey, I immediately thought first name. Oh no, yes, or, no, no, that is my last name. That is my surname. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, a- Andrew Bailey. That's a good Scottish name. Yes, is <laughs> my if American heritage is always weird because so many of us are like so far away from like. 
you know, wherever we came from in our beautiful nation of immigrants, you know, mm-hmm. that is like, but like I had living relatives that were born in Scotland. Mm. So that's where Have you I, ever been? No, never. Ah, you should come. It's great. I've, it costs a lot of money to travel across that big pond, you know. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Get a little boat. Yeah, oh, like my forefathers did. Mm. Take a little boat. I can't swim though, so what if the boat falls over? <laughs> I'd be in a bad way. Mm. No, one of these days I'll have enough money. I'll get accepted into like a WASD or one of those those more those mm. Londoner events, and then I'll have an excuse to go over there. Well, now see, it's like I feel like I'm obviously I still live in Scotland, but now I I feel really like isolated from the mainland. Yeah, because like you know I've been seeing all these posts about um, on Twitter about like Glasgow and Edinburgh Zine Fest, or and I I'm like oh that would be so fun to go to too. I you know maybe I could go to it, and then you're like oh it is like so I can I can get a pretty direct flight to Glasgow, but it's very expensive from where right. I live. And the alternative is a nine-hour drive, which I'm sure maybe doesn't sound too much. No, that's no. Listen, I've. I know, I know you are American. Yeah, no, yeah, that is still, but I, you get. I'm an American in one of the little states, mm-hmm. so I can I can drive from like across my state in like an hour or something, or like mm. a, you know, two few hours, but nine hours. I'm like, oh my god, what is that? Is that I get to California? <laughs> That's forever away. Oh, sorry. That's the thing I was always curious about Europe. Because, obviously, like, I've never been to Europe. But it seems much smaller, kind of. Like, Mm. the countries are so close to each other. Mm. I mean, when I was growing up, like, my my dad has a real fear of flying. Um, And so when I was, like, eight, I think, we drove to Italy um okay. from scotland and like it's weird because you think about it being like completely different places but you can just drive like fer- ferries are great um but yeah i mean scotland is funny because in scotland like all of the major cities are really like two three four hours away and then you get up to the highlands and then suddenly it's like a five hour drive to the next place um which is where i um, but yeah, it's kind of cool. So it's just a lot of emptiness. That's the ideal kind of all place right. I would love to live. Oh, it's so it's awesome. Like I mean, I say this all the time. Like I am so lucky to live where I do. Like it. Like I say, I live in the most like beautiful place in the world. In my opinion, like it's just stunning. Um, yeah, everyone come to the Hebrides. It's great. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you can't. Walk. I know. I was complaining about tourists earlier, but everyone should come because it's lovely. Yes. No. Listen, I. I live in a. I also live in a tourist region, you know. Mm. The old, I mean, the old Cape Cod, Martha's Vineyard is nearby. You know, that's <laughs> it's where it's where the elite go. What it, what is Martha's Vineyard? It's an island. It's an island for rich people. Oh, it's an island. Yeah. I thought it was fully. I thought it was just a vineyard. No, I got lost. I got lost on Martha's Vineyard once. Ooh. I got stranded there once. I went to go see a radio show and then I missed the last ferry. It was a very bizarre experience. Are you familiar with the moth? The moth. The moth. It's the, like an, the moth. It's, it's like an NPR radio show where people tell stories. No, 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 no. So I went to the moth once on Martha's Vineyard. Um, mm. 
and I kind of hung out there and I watched the show. And then I, I had this, uh, thought like uh, during the break where I was like, cause when I came up, I was talking to someone who she was like interning at NPR or something. I was like, she didn't leave. So clearly she's going back on the ferry, but also what if she isn't? And I had this weird, like, what if the ferry's closed? And then the ferry did close. So I like Ubered my way down to the port and I was like, nope, no more ferries. And I was like, oh, that sucks. So I Ubered my way back to the, um, to, to the venue. I was like, oh, maybe this person I met on the, um, the ferry. She was like, oh, let me just kind of crash and wherever she's crashing. Which is a very weird thing to ask of a stranger, but listen, I'm on an island. And then, no, the event was over. Everyone had left. And I somehow um, ended up going to dinner with, like, the the coordinators, like the, like, the speakers. So people from, like, I was at this far too expensive seafood restaurant with, like, I don't know, like, Obama speechwriters or something. And other, like, motivational speakers from around the world with important like stories. And then I ended up staying in like the guest room of a, a local theater owner. And then I took a, a, a ferry back in the morning, like very early in the morning. Just Sorry. like I went in, on, I went back in on the car ferry. So like I was, I wasn't mm-hmm. sitting, I was going in with the cars. Oh, mm-hmm. so, so like you went from not having a place to stay yeah, to, you know, living it up with Obama speechwriters. I th- yes, <laughs> in a way. That's so crazy. It was a very yeah. bewildering, like, I don't know how it happened. It was kind of a very strange experience of mine. Oh, that sounds so cool, though. What did you guys talk about? I, I, I didn't. They kind of talked about the thing. It was very much like, you know, a random person being <laughs> tacked onto this group. I just stayed quiet. And minding my own business, lest I disrupt the boat and not figure out uh, a way to stay, get home, you know? But they talked about stuff. Very casual conversation. Nothing too interesting, I don't think. Real, oh, like... A... Sorry, what was that? Oh, I was just saying, oh, I see. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, like, maybe, oh, national secrets or something no, like that. But no, no. Well. <laughs> Very benign conversation about people who are like vaguely aware of each other. Like, oh yeah, how's this? How's that? How are you doing? Um, probably stuff that implies that they have a lot more money than I do, and I feel out of touch. And I was like, oh well, I am. Um... I'm gonna just glad it all worked out, I suppose. <laughs> I'm not going to that place again, lest I. How do I? I need to. I think they were telling me someone had a private boat that maybe I could go on, but I don't remember. Or was it a plane? Was it like a prop plane kind of thing that I was going to go back on? I don't remember. Like just to stay the night or to fly on? Just to to fly out that night. Oh, I see. I see. Damn. They must have really liked you then. Yeah, they were just trying to help. People are sometimes nicer. I mean, this is also like, you know, real bougie people. So they're like... Martha's Vineyard is like the rich part of the of the whole um, this region. I think maybe I thought that Martha's Vineyard was a was a was a chain restaurant. <laughs> same, same. I swear. I think I was confused with Olive Garden. 
possibly. <laughs> I mean, I know what Olive Garden is, but well, I think maybe it. So, there, and there, there definitely isn't a chain called Martha's yeah. Vineyard. I, I, honestly, when I, I mean, when I was on Martha's Vineyard, they did treat me like I was family. <laughs> so, I understand your confusion. Oh, okay. I know. No. I'm learning so much today. Yeah, no, Martha Vineyard is like a small island off the Cape, off of Cape Cod. Which is, I think, I think itself is technically an island. Mm. Technically, yeah. like, but like a man-made one. I mean, I'm gonna be 100. I don't really know what a cape is. A cape, you know is, what I mean? I think a cape is, um, yeah. What is a cape? All I, I know, don't know what a cape is either. I just know, a, uh, I just know, like the the Cape Fear episode of The Simpsons. Yes. It's kind of like only, that. Only exposure to capes. Yeah, it's basically like that. Um, no, I'm, I'm I'm looking up the. We're getting into classic podcast territory where it's like if this was a podcast about that? um, I would do a podcast about different geographical structures, and I'd sound like mm-hmm. an I'm an expert. I would have one of you two would be like a geologist, but really all we're doing is reading articles off of Wikipedia. As any mm. good podcast does, <laughs> but uh, move no. over true crime. It's time for true geography. Yes, exactly. Because. I should start a true crime podcast. All you really need to do is just read articles off of Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and make too too light of the fact that people are getting killed, actual living people, mm. real people. But um, capes are like uh, they're what you think they are. They're kind of parts of land that are like surrounded by water they erode and stuff cape cod's an island though because they made a canal cut, cut into it Oh, okay they made they made a big old oh, canal cool. through it so now it's really? technically speaking an island we might be just close by oh. that wow. cape cod is like an arm if you imagine it imagine yourself like flexing that's what that is that's that part of america okay is the flexing part so it's so is it right out in the ocean no, no, it is very close. It's like a probably a half hour ferry or something. Wow. Nantucket's think, a little further off though. What really amazes me is when I is when I see Americans talking about like oh, you know, I I didn't go and see the sea until I was like 15 or yeah. like 20 or 30 or whatever. Like that's amazing to me. I mean, living on like a a, a small a relatively small island really, but that's what Britain is. No. Oh, you know. Listen, there's I'm sure there are tons of Americans who will never see the ocean. Mm. But you got the big lakes. Yeah. Only a couple of us have the big lakes. I suppose. Yeah. Lakes too. <laughs> lakes yeah. are great. Oh, actually, uh Eve, I had a question. Oh, yes. I I played your game like just now. Um <laughs> The one <laughs> yeah, I, I really never like. Won, never wanted like expert of doing that, playing the the guest games during the show. <laughs> and I mean that as the high. I mean that as the highest compliment. Oh, <laughs> well, it it is something I do sometimes. Yeah, I was um, playing God as a fat woman sitting in the bath oh, because that yes. was the game that popped out to me most. Yes, and I think you mentioned that it was inspired by where you live. Yes, uh, it's very specifically based on about two minutes walk from where I live right now, my house. Like, uh, you like, so you, so it's actually a very nice walk that did not make it into the game. You like walk across the road, and there's a really nice walk up to a ruined temple from I think like the 
13th or 14th century. And like, there's like lots of nice sheep as well. And then you go over a gate and then you're at this little, um, it's so where I live, the US is just, it's like 99% like little sea locks and lochens and so like just tiny little patches of water with tiny little shores. Um, so it's a very specific bit of land there, which is like a little, little bit, yeah. Yeah, that sounds absolutely beautiful, actually. I like, stunning. I live in the suburbs in mm. Ontario, Canada. So I like mm. beside me, there's like the most exciting thing would probably be like a cemetery beside like a, a shopper's drug mart or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So there's <laughs> okay, not a shoppers drug mart, a hasty market. Okay, but um, <laughs> which I feel like is well, on, more on, on, where on the where on the where on the the store spectrum does a hasty mart fall next <laughs> to like a Tesco, so I can understand these things. <laughs> I don't know what a Tesco is. It's kind of like a convenience store. Okay, is it like a Seven Eleven? I've never been inside a Seven <laughs> Eleven. What about a Cumberland Farms? What is that? <laughs> I, I think... feel like you're just making up names. Hello? Uh, uh, no. Well, wait a minute. My, my, my brain was going to say a weird, like, you know, when you start to make, uh, like just collections of phrases and then sometimes you accidentally stumble upon a real phrase. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I, the one I'm not going to say is what I was going to call a thing, but no, I think I've said on the store, like convenience stores gas station mm. service center stores are like the true the true blood of any regional flair yeah so true the liminal space quote-unquote yeah but yeah um well first of all i really liked your game you um and i was like i, I played more too <laughs> not to embarrass you or anything but i was really struck by how much kind of like the landscape around you kind of shaped this game but also mm. the one about white dresses on branches, I think is the one where you yes. describe like um, a fallen wall on the grass, I think. Which uh, I'm to remember. I probably did. Um, Some kind of ruin, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just found it so evocative. And yeah. like, yeah, because I, I really like poetry as well. So I was just wondering, like, is it something that is, like, the landscape around you, the geography, the kind of, like, environment around you kind of, like, really a source of inspiration for your work? Or, like, oh, yeah, 100%. By the way, um, I read one of your collections of poetry. Uh, the, gosh, the name is escaping me. It had a name, like, um, it was about seeing symptoms of, uh mental health problems in like strangers and fictional characters yeah yeah that's me <laughs> yeah it was great i really really loved it it was amazing oh, uh, but, uh, but yeah like i mean i always say this i live in like one of the most one of the best places in the world to like write poetry and it's just i think because not only is it um like it's a very beautiful place but it's also a very in some ways a very desolate place and like quite harsh like the landscape here like there's hardly any trees at all you know it's just it's constant well not constant but there's a lot of rain and wind and it's just these like a huge empty like stark surfaces and i do a lot of like um like 
cold water swimming as well, like freshwater swimming. And like, I think I really like feeling like the rhythms of life. I mean, it's so cliche, like all like the tides, but it's just really nice living in a place where, you know, if the wind is too bad, then the ferry won't come in and we won't have milk. Like it, the, the, the way that the weather and the, the environment actually noticeably shapes your life. And like, I think one of the things I liked about God as a fat woman sitting in the bath that was fun to make is I really wanted to make something that I think often we talk about like the rhythm of seasons. But one of the things I like about living where I do is the tide is so visible in the sense that when that bit where I was saying about where I like go, go and have a walk. There are literally places where I'd be like, oh, it'll be low tide in an hour. So I'll be able to walk a little bit further because the tide will come out and the mud flats will be visible. And then I better make sure to be across it in another couple of hours because then they're going to come back in. So like the environment changing in a really like visible, tangible way, I find so great, you know. Beautiful the way you describe it. It's something that like... <laughs> Thank you. At least where I live, it's very removed from the daily mm. experience. Like, mm. as I mentioned, suburbs, like, you have to drive to get anywhere. And the only green space you really see is kind of like parks or like, mm. you know, organized neighborhoods. So, mm. I don't know, that just sounds really beautiful <laughs> to me. <laughs> I mean, I think in some ways, like, I have always been fascinated by, like, because I've never lived in the suburbs. Like, when I was young, I lived in, like, uh, the borders, which is Scottish borders, which is, like, a very sort of farmy, small towns kind of, like, place. And then I lived in university, then I've lived here. And, like, I think I've always been really fascinated by the idea of, like, like, the consistency of a suburb, which is its own kind of beauty, you know, I think, definitely. The sort of like it like i think you know the whole thing about liminal spaces is kind of very popular on the internet at the minute isn't it and i think there's something very appealing and kind of haunting about these places that do seem removed from those like rhythms of the natural world you know and it's easy i think it's, it's easy to be like oh you know it's not good but i think it is in its own it can be in its own way be really interesting and beautiful hmm. yeah i've never thought of it that way Kind of like the idea that you see the same stores, the same structures everywhere, mm. and it should be kind of like a comforting experience, perhaps. Mm. I mean, the glass is always greener, isn't it? <laughs> right, right. Because for me, <laughs> I kind of like look at that as like, uh, you know, a symbol of late capitalism and like mm. how horrible it is that there's no kind of like personalized experience in the suburbs. But mm. to think of it that way that you're describing, I feel like, it's kind of refreshing <laughs> yeah. and and true in a way I'm sure mm. yeah. I mean we were I was at a um community writing project earlier today and it was all about uh, how climate change is probably going to affect life on the U.S. and we were talking about because we were sort of sharing anecdotes from our, from our life here and one person who um has lived here like literally all her life was born here her whole family was born here she works on a family craft was talking about how like it's easy to talk about how beautiful it is and you know because it's so remote and so small you get very sort of defensive wanting to like be like oh I love this place but also it can be a total bubble and it can feel very lonely and exhausting especially for you know 
the the farmers and the crofters who are the lifeblood of the community. So you know, it's all it's one of those things where it's like, and this is always what I think when I see um, people online. Like I have decided to buy six goats and start my own farm. I bought a hat. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> I hope you've thought this through. Oh my goodness! I to be honest, I've thought about doing that. Never like to the extent where I actually went out and like bought a field in Caledon or anything. <laughs> but it's it's just so tempting. Like yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's that kind of like for people who don't have any experience like living on the farm or in you know more rural areas. It's this kind of mm. fantasy. But I'm sure mm. like it's very 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 difficult mm. to yeah maintain. Mm. That's why you can just get wealthy enough that you can do them both. Do what? You do them both. You get so rich. You like, oh, I can live my, I can go to the sea and then live my farmer dreams. <laughs> kind of do like a Paul McCartney thing, right? Mm -hmm. One of the nice things about living here is it's just kind of the culture that, like, most people, or well, maybe not. Well, actually, yeah, probably most people will have a craft with and a couple of sheep, like. Most people you talk to, but oh yeah, my little craft, my my little flock of sheep. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so sweet. It's nice. Wait, do you have sheep? I don't have sheep. Me, uh, my housemate was. We, we were talking we're we're gonna move to a sort of more permanent. We're like in a slightly renting situation right now, but we're gonna move to somewhere a bit more permanent in uh, a couple of months, hopefully. And we were saying, like, Emily was like, you know, Eve, I know that logically I shouldn't get sheep because, like, I'm, I'm quite busy and everything, but I just love a little couple of Suffolks. And I was like, yeah, Emily, that would be nice. <laughs> that sounds so sweet. <laughs> yeah. But... I had someone on my street that kept ducks at some point, I think, or geese, one of the two. Oh, I think they were ducks. Ducks. And they might still, because sometimes I see a duck wandering around, just on the road. And I'm like, <laughs> where are you coming from? Where are you going? We have so many geese around, and I don't know why. Like, I did not think that it would be, like, the geese place when, yeah. I, when I moved here. But there's geese fucking everywhere. There's, like, 30 geese in every field. Oh, that's, okay, yes, yeah, so there's a lot of geese. No, I... There's loads of geese. <laughs> and, like, no one owns the geese. No. <laughs> there's there's no. geese in one no one no one can own a goose. <laughs> hey, there. Didn't people underestimate birds? You know, they really—they're mm. smart little things, mm. and they can fly. I, I would love a couple of chickens. Yeah. I will say, I think that would be nice. I've heard chicks like the baby ones are like so cute. Oh yeah. Did we keep those in school once? Did my am I imagine anyway? <laughs> um, I can't remember. I was trying. I was trying to think. Did my school have one of those things where like you have a heat lamp and we all look at the heat lamp and then a little chick is born? Then what happens to that chick? Huh? Uh, where did it go? Good question. Yes. Does, does, does it just then go to a farm to be, become a chicken to be locked into oh. a cage forever? Chicken. Anyway, I was. I was always so like you know how in like TV shows and stuff about like prime like primary schools grade yeah. schools they always have like a class pet like a little hamster or something. I was always so jealous. I was like, why don't we have a pet? No, we have a yeah. class pet. We never did. I I never think I knew anyone who did it. It just seemed like a. It's all a lie. Right. 
also, I think feel like my school has lost accreditation and all sorts of things. So <laughs> they weren't they didn't have a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of dosh to throw around on uh, pets. Speaking of stuff to throw around, we have we've been throwing around a lot of words, and we're going to stop throwing those around now soon. Which is going to put the words down. We're going to put the words down. We're gonna we're gonna each go to our our. Uh, our speedy marts and our Tesco's and our Hesses and our, <laughs> our, our hasty marts. Our hasty marts. That's the one I screwed it up. For, <laughs> hasty marts. You guys have much better um, supermarket names. Friendlies. Well, Friendlies isn't the supermarket. Yeah. Hasty Mart. That's such a good name. Yeah. Great name. Tes- but Tesco sounds like a place where you get gas. <laughs> Tesco. Is it a supermarket though? Tesco, yeah, Tesco is so. I, well, actually, the, super, the supermarket near me is the co-op. Um, we don't, I think there's a there's not there's not a Tesco around for two hundred miles. Um, but yeah, we we got a co-op. We got our local supermarket. Um, but no, Tesco is the big one. Then there's ASDA. Then it's like Sainsbury's co-op. Then it's free for all. Oh, I've never heard of these things, <laughs> but like I respect it. I respect it. Yeah. Oh no, or Bianca, were you the one I was trying to teach about stopping shops? I remember oh, I was trying, on this show, I feel like I was telling somebody about Stop and Shops at some point. I don't know, <laughs> but the, I don't know what a Stop and Shop is, so it's a, maybe it's a supermarket. Oh, Jonathan okay. Richmond sings about it. What? That's he, crazy. He's part of the, you know, of the modern lovers. He who... Anyway, we're in, I'm not going to... I was trying to close this, and I'm not going to get sidetracked talking about <laughs> Jonathan Richmond. Um, or, oh, so yeah, I, he sings about Massachusetts. Yeah, he sings about Massachusetts. Correct, because, yes, he sings uh, about Massachusetts. He sings about lesbian bars. He sings about going fast and roadrunners. Oh, oh true. Oh. Exactly. Wait, Andrew. Yeah. Before you close up, I have a question. Have yes. you ever heard of a tragically hip? Yes. Do you like the tragic? I don't think I know them well, but I do. The band is familiar. They're they're very Canadian and like. I think that's why I know them. (laughs) They kind of (laughs) sing about like a lot of local stuff. Yes, supposedly, and it just kind of reminded me of um, the song that you're telling me about, Roadrunner. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's why I. I think when people talk about Canadian bands, I think feel like the one of the first or seconds is the tragically hip. So true, yeah. It was even in Scott Pilgrim. Maybe that's part of where... Yeah. Maybe that's part of where it comes up. What a weird thing Scott Pilgrim became, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, culturally speaking? I mean, hmm. I feel like Scott Pilgrim is one of, like, our... Okay, no, I can't say that, because I'm not from Toronto. Yeah. But, like... Like I learned about like concert venues from <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. That's that's what I mean. It feels like it is like a very specific, like very kind of like Canadian thing, kind of like indie comic, and then it just kind of became this weird go-to, like a like um almost like this shorthand garden state for another generation. Hmm. Garden or, State being a comic or no? Garden State was a movie comic. about Zach Braff, and like it's the real insufferable kind of guy uh, i see yeah but, uh, i i think i think it deserves a better legacy than that i think it's a good comic more or less 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I hot take, the final hot take of the evening. Yes. The final hot take. I like it's got good lines in it. I <laughs> I only recently realized that the that L word joke is because of the show The L Word. It never dawned on me until like literally a week ago. Wait, was it? I thought it was just a, a lesbian joke. I, that's what I thought too, but then I'm like, oh, there's a show called The L Word about lesbians. Oh, so true. I mean, like, as a lesbian, like, I don't know how to feel about that joke. Like, it's fine, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim is, uh, I don't know, like, I never finished the comics, but they, it had some good stuff. It's very yeah. local, which I nice, which is nice. I enjoy yeah. that. It's fine. It's, it's a very, I think... I'm looking at, I'm on Wikipedia once again. 20, 2004 to 2009, when did Scott Pilgrim run? Because it, it feels mm. like one of those jokes that I'm like, oh, that joke makes like way more sense now if it is like a joke about it, him thinking it's the TV show. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. Yes, yeah, that show, <laughs> that, that show ran from 2004 to 2009. Scott Pilgrim ran from 2004 to, to 2010. Oh, yeah. Topical. So it My is, only... So it's a topical joke. It's most likely a topical joke that took on like a new life outside of like who talks about queer as folk anymore, you know, and the L <laughs> word. But anyway, um, enough about late or mid aughts sh- uh, queer programming on Showtime and HBO or whatever. We're trying to wrap this show up. At least I was trying to. But um, here we go. The show, Bianca. What have you? We were talking about games and stuff earlier. If someone could find this, like, or like a game, or like a a book of poetry, a small zine of poetry about relating to art and film, where would people find that kind of stuff? Oh right. So um, I am Cryo Cannon. Uh, should I spell it? I'll post no, a link in the chat. No, it's like it's like you think it is. Yeah, yeah. It's cry and then an O and then a cannon. Yeah, like a, like a frozen cannon. <laughs> exactly. Or a cannon that shoots frozen beams. So I'm Cryo Cannon on Itch and Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr, like pretty much everywhere. And you can find my twine games and poetry games and just straight up poetry uh, on there. And it will mean the world to me if you checked it out. Yeah, it's... <laughs> These are good stuff. It's why I have these people on the show and in the zine in the first place, you know? <laughs> um, Eve, what if what have you what have you got to tell people about? Uh I mean my my itch is uh Kafkaesque dot itch dot io. Uh I have the, the 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 games that we were talking about earlier, um and several others. Uh on the whole, maybe like five others. Um, and you can follow me at Strange PDF uh, on Twitter, where I have never posted anything <laughs> worthwhile ever. But please feel free to follow me there. Um, yeah, well, that's, 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 about it. that's the the ideal style of posting. <laughs> so true. Don't worry about worthwhile. Just post about I don't know dumb bullshit that nobody cares about. Listen, I I have. Um, people just need to get out of their house sometimes, you know? 
and stop posting. <laughs> yeah, it needs to touch grass, you yes. know, read a book, watch yeah. a movie. Yeah, but my... before you do that, you should buy Indie Pocalypse. Oh, perfect. So yes. True. Yes, and get on your laptop and go outside and do it. My version of Touch Grass, I always think about, is the um, I've, I've said it like a million times on the show. I'm sure is the uh, the Grant Morrison comic uh, Flex Mentallo, where there's a line in there that's like, "Being clever is all well and good, but sometimes a fellow needs to get out of the house and meet some girls." Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, so true. <laughs> and I'm like, that's yes, that's that's my that's my mental equivalent of people who need to touch grass. Andrew, the girls are in the internet. They're in the computer. Listen, there are. How do I reach them? <laughs> Maybe listen. It's it's, it's there. They are there. That is your number one stop to find them. That's true. That's true. <laughs> But I don't know. I guess be less clever about it. Get out of your own head for a second. <laughs> anyway, I think that's a good comic to end the comic top. I think Flex Mentallo is cool. He was in that um, that Doom Patrol show they did. He's the hero oh. of the beach. The one with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I think. Yep. I always meant to watch that. It's it's as someone who like really loves Doom Patrol as like a concept. And like I like the uh, I like the Grant Morrison run, but I also like the original kind of um, Arnold Drake run. I think are both very good. They're like, what if the people if they're the X Men, but people cared even less about them or whatever? They're just like these weird. Doom Patrol is cool. I think Doom Patrol is cool. Yeah, I had one comics professor, like yeah. in a comics class, that loved Doom Patrol. He was just like, you guys should pirate Doom Patrol, the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> and- the- like the Grant Morrison one is a weird metatextual one. The the original one has like a lot of other. It still feels like modern in some ways. It's interesting. Mm. At one point there are aliens, and these giant these aliens come up. So um, this is my last tangent before I do my plugs because I really like this thing. And so this is Andrew describes a comic. I'll play <laughs> I'll play the segment music now for Andrew describes a comic. Um, these aliens come up and then. So Elastigirl grows really big and um, yes, she grows really big and she has like um, convinces them that basically convinces these aliens more or less that um, they are like humans grow really huge and stuff like that. And the aliens like, ah, good, good seeing you then. Goodbye then. Oh, I think I think she thinks like yeah, like they're like she's huge and like the Invisible Man is babies and the Robot Man is their toy and he's just like, uh, pleasure seeing you, goodbye, and he just walks away and then he comes back like, oh wait a minute, the humans aren't all giants, you tricked me, and it's just very bizarre kind of thing. I like it. Anyway, Indie Apocalypse, like you said, you should you should buy it. The, the new one just came out like yesterday i keep cranking these things out every month believe it or not nothing no one can stop me now i'm like freddie mercury once said please don't stop me i'm gonna keep going and um indiepocalypse.com indiepocalypse.com slash patreon to subscribe to things to get them online and not think about purchasing it's an, you can even if you buy it for a year 
you get a discount. Like it's like you, there is like two month discount. So it's like really the this most sensible way to buy it. That's it. That's it. Submit your games, I guess, also to indiepocalypse.com slash submit. And with that, um, we're going to bid you goodbye. Thank you both for being here again on the show. Thank Cl- you for having me. Glad. I love, yeah, thanks. Love to have these things around. Love to... One of these days, I will be able to travel the world and see all the all the Indiepocalypse people around the world. And they'll be like, hey, look at that. It's the guy. And I'll be like, it's me, the guy from the thing. You're the other person from the thing. Uh, I feel like I associate you so much with your profile picture. The guy saying big asshole. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I know, I know Andrew isn't just like a cardboard cutout of that guy, but like. I'm not, I'm not, not. My hair is a lot longer. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Yeah. You know how, you know how I was cutting my hair like short on the top, like short on the sides, long on the top. And then like all the, every guy just started doing that, you know? (laughs) So my my plan was to be like what if I just never cut the top and that's kind of Um, what I'm doing now still trimming well not right now but I theoretically still trimming the sides but just letting the top grow forever yeah quarantine I did that too kind of I was doing that before quarantine oh so true wait never mind (laughs) now that that it's quarantine I haven't shaved the sides in a long time um Oh, yeah, me neither, actually. So now I just have long hair. Well, I had a haircut, like, in my house. Yeah. Personally, which is nice. I, yeah. theoretically, I theoretically could do it because all I am is, like, pop. When I go, all I do is, like, say, put on the two and shave around the sides. <laughs> and so I could, but who knows. Uh, anyway, this, I got trapped again talking about my hair and... That drawing was from a friend when I watched an anime without him. <laughs> he gave it to me as a gift in a way. Um, anyway, closing the show down. Where is it? Where's my thing? Speaking of shows I went to, I think this was from one of the last... I think Sydney Giss was an opener for one of the very last shows I went to before um, quarantine. When she opened for Mitski, who is huge now... Did not expect, I mean, did not expect sounds rude, but you know what I mean. When, she deserves it. Yes, but, surprised know. about how big Mitski has gotten is what I'm, is more what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, my God, superstardom, practically. Everyone knows Mitski now. Yeah. Mm. I remember well, telling someone, well, I don't know if you know Mitski, like two, three years ago. Yeah. Now, like, can't say that now. Crazy. Yeah, right. And it was like when I saw her at the so at that show that Sydney Gish opened was like it was the so my local theater has a downstairs and an upstairs. The upstairs is a lot smaller. Miski was playing the upstairs where that's like a it's like a I don't know like maybe a hundred people can fit maybe generously, and it's like a small stage. It's like it's not a raised stage. Anyway, we're getting to the minutia of Providence-based <laughs> theaters. Um, we're not going to do that. Instead, I'm just going to play that song that I always play at the end. 
and goodbye.